All right, so Doc, I got to ask you. I know you do the great Doc Emmerich impression. I want to hear Doc Emmerich calling a World Cup goal or a World Cup play. Well, it looks like the players are breaking for a water break. Now they're asking each other whose mom brought the orange slices? Who was on snack duty? Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of The Yes Men. I am Lou DiPietro. To my left, as always, is Doug Williams. Uh, no Doc Emmerich here today, despite Doug's uh, voiceover earlier on. Uh, although, uh, I think you're right. He would uh, he would probably know the backstories of everything. I mean, he just, does water polo for the Olympics. Just watching him talk during the the skating of the Stanley Cup with all the stuff he came up with is, is amazing, let alone you know what he does during the game. Well, you and I have played with that soundboard a little bit. Um, of just the different ways that he can explain passing yeah. or dumping, whatever you want to call it, in the NHL. And, I mean, he's just got so many good ones. Um, it's amazing how soon hockey starts up again, by the way. These yeah. guys really don't even get a summer off. It's no off season. No, it's just there. It's like, oh, hockey's again. Hey, how about that? The guys find out, like, if you're a free agent, you either get signed or you don't. And then, I can obviously, I still consider September to be a summer month. Yeah, and training camp and starts. And training camp starts then. Yeah. So it kind of ends in the summer and starts in the summer. It's kind of like being a student. <laughs> it's a little bit like that. It's college. The NHL season is college. Yeah. They, there's not much of a break, and it's, I think, the most difficult sport to endure physically. Some, someday we will get Doc Emmerich on the podcast. If, I would love If that. he can be on, you know, Michael's show, we can that. get Doc on that the podcast. That would be terrific. Anyway, another sport that uh, another sport that ends in the summer and starts in the summer and is more exciting in the summer is our top topic of the day, and that is the National Basketball Association and its related properties. Uh, the draft is Thursday night, uh, the twenty sixth, I believe. Yes, the twenty sixth, uh, where the latest guys who went and played school for one year randomly become millionaires when the NBA says, "Okay, you're eligible now to play for us." Uh, the Knicks and Nets have a grand total of zero draft picks as of uh, as of draft day, so that ought to be really uh, really fun for you to watch. Uh, for those in attendance at the Barclays Center, might not have anything better to do on a Thursday night, I guess. At that point, um, but the controversy is, you know, LeBron James hanging over this whole thing. LeBron has opted out. Carmelo has opted out, and it's going to be the summer of LeBron and Melo. I would say I would say some people held out doubt that maybe LeBron would just not opt out, but it's pretty much been expected that he would opt out of his contract, and it was definitely expected that Carmelo was going to. He yeah. even said so, I think, uh, earlier in the season. Um, you know what? As much as I am you know, going to eat this all up, and, and I think any sports fan would because the NBA has this way of putting – the best players on the market, like every four years. I hate it so much. I despise it. I, I look down on it um, because I just feel like it's egos. It's a game of egos. It's guys saying, show me something, show me something. Mm -hmm. Well, it's just, it's not the kind of class that I like to see in sports. It's not, you know, and, and if Carmelo leaves New York, it's going to seem like he, you know, gave up on the Knicks. And if he stays in New York, people are going to say he's greedy and likes the, the fame. And LeBron loses anything he does. We've noticed that before. If he scores 28 points in a losing effort in the finals, he's a loser. Yeah, so, although I think I'm not the only one who who's surprised that he didn't call a, you know, ESPN press conference at a boys and girls club in Miami to announce he was opting out because he's just that much of an attention seeker. 
Yeah. I, I, I was going to use a different word, but I restrained yeah. myself there. I mean, uh, but the thing is, though, he won't make that mistake again, but it's just, do we have to go through this again? It's, it's, uh, it makes me feel silly because this sport is so clearly dependent on these guys. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the truth is, do they win championships? Well, LeBron is better than anybody else. But do stars in the NBA really win championships? I don't know. They do. I mean, it, Dwayne Wade won one with Shaq, and he's won two with LeBron and Bosh, and he's won zero by himself. True. But so it's, the Spurs it's, it's just more, won without it's a more, true superstar. They don't have a true superstar, but they have three guys that have played together forever and are – you know, as much as, as LeBron, Bosh, and Wade is the big three, and Ray Allen and Garnett and Pierce and Boston were the original big three, these guys are a big three in that they're three guys who play perfectly well together, know their roles, execute them to the best of their ability, and quietly go about being three of the best players at their position in the NBA. Yeah. So they have five titles to show for it in San Antonio in the Duncan era. There is there is one thing that could come out of this LeBron saga. I'm going to assume – that Carmelo either ends up with the Bulls or the Knicks, I think the Bulls. I don't think he's as interesting to talk about mm-hmm. as LeBron. Even though LeBron, you can assume, is going back to Miami. There's always that hint of Cleveland possibility. Right, and I mean there's everyone that's the conspiracy theorist that says LeBron opted out, Bosch and Wade are going to do the same, and all three of them are going to take a pay cut to bring in Melo and make it a big four, which would be a train wreck because right. you have two guys that basically play the same position – one guy who can't play either of the two he's going to be asked to play, and Dwayne Wade, who's the oldest 30-year-old man in the league. Well, that's what I'm saying is um, there's only one outcome for LeBron that would would leave me happy, and that would be... Is it Cleveland? Yes. If he were to go back to Cleveland, here's, here's how you can look at it. He did the city a favor because... It makes everything make sense. He leaves to go to Miami, wins a couple of championships, and then comes back to Cleveland. Well, it's clear that they weren't going to win a championship if he had stayed. They didn't, he didn't have the pieces around him to do that. He allowed them to rebuild, got them two first-round picks. They, they stunk for a few years. He comes back. Maybe they get Kevin Love from Minnesota. I think that's key if they can trade their first-round pick, if they can trade, uh, you know, get rid of some salary. Maybe Dion Waiters is in that deal as well. If you can get Kyrie Irving, LeBron, and Kevin Love, again, I'm not thrilled that there's another big three, and that's all the NBA is all about nowadays. But I would be happy to see him make a decision based on how it's his home and how you know he respects that city. And, yes, it, it would just be interesting to me. I completely 100% disagree with half of what you just said. I agree with part of it, how it would be great if he was the conquering hero and all that. I disagree with they were never going to win a championship with him there because he single-handedly willed them to the finals one year. You you give him a piece or two that's even remotely comparable to a good player, and they've got a shot, especially given how the West, the power structure in the West has gone up and down until, you know, San Antonio and Oklahoma City have kind of become dominant the last few years. Well, let me put it this way. The Lakers fell. You know, other good teams fell. There was a chance. Since LeBron has been in Miami, he won two. Yeah, and that's it's been to four finals. And that's that's been with Bosh and Wade. Right. You really think that they could have gotten pieces anywhere close to what Miami had and won a championship? Boston did it in 2009 and put that team together, 
or 2008, whenever it was. But it's different, though. We're talking about the same era as LeBron's been in Miami, but it, with the exception of the fact that he, let's, if you rewind, he instead he chose Cleveland. Who would they have gotten to come to Cleveland with him that would have helped win a championship? All of them were free agents the year that they signed. Why, no what, chance, why not bring Wade no and or Bosh to Cleveland? No chance Wade would have left Cleveland. That leaves just Bosh. Maybe they would have signed Stoudemire that summer, but I don't see it. Car- I just, Carmelo Anthony could have come I sooner think, rather than later. I, I don't think I don't think anyone would would have come to Cleveland that summer other than LeBron. I think he looked at it that way. He said, "I'm going to end up coming back there, and it's going to be the same thing all over again. Decent pieces around me, but nothing that's going to get me a championship." The whole reason he went to Miami was to win a championship. He knew that was the best place for him to go. If he had stayed home thinking this is the best place for me to win a championship, that would have been one thing. But I think the counter-argument to what you're saying is that's the ex- exact reason he left. Yes and no. It's the reason – I mean they all came together and anyone who doesn't believe there was some kind of – I won't use the word collusion, but some kind of agreement there were like let's all go to Miami and dominate together is out of their mind. But in a vacuum, yes, they could have brought in something to help him. The fact that, again, he willed them to the finals by himself with Booby Gibson and a bunch of no Eric Snow playing point guard and a bunch of nobodies on that team. You get a, you bring in anybody, and, and they're a contender in an East that, as you've seen over the last five years, is Miami, the random flavor of the week, flavor of the year team, and a bunch of mediocrity. Half the battle is getting there, and they would have won that easily. Yeah, but I don't think it's it's hard to say. Listen, we're we're speculating about something that never happened. Right. Now, do you disagree with me in terms of the fact that you would like to see him go to Cleveland now? I don't know how well he would be received. I mean, oh, come on. I know it's the hometown thing and all, but people hated him when he left. Dan Gilbert hated him when he oh, left. Oh, I know. I know, but you know what people really like? Winning. Winning, yeah. And true. I think all the the Hardo uh, Cleveland fans who really hate LeBron still, you can show up to the first game he plays if he goes back to, to the Cavs, and you can boo all you want. Yeah. I guarantee you, give you three weeks, and he's averaging 20 point, 28 points, 10 rebounds, and 7 assists. And throwing chalk all over the place. And they have Kevin Love, and yeah, they're they're 20 and 5 could, after 25 could games. Could they rehire Mike Brown a third time, even though they just him fired again. him? Yeah. You know, hire, hire, fire Mike Brown. See, you know, I, I don't know whether it's going to happen or not, Lou. But what I'm saying is I, I just think that in terms of the outcomes, I don't think LeBron's going to Chicago because he, he has that kind of ego thing with Michael Jordan. He doesn't want to go back to where he won. Right. He would have gone there in the first place, I I think, if he wanted to do that. And I hate how Him people and say, Wade because Wade's from Chicago. Right. Chicago, four years later, is still the best place these guys can go to win. Four years ago, that was what it was. And Chicago is still, four years later, the same team they were four years ago in terms of where they are in the pecking order. Everyone used to say, you know, LeBron could go to Chicago, great defensive team, and and they'd win, but he didn't do that. He went to South Beach, and they won their fair share of games, believe me. I do hate that people are saying, he won't go back to Cleveland. Why would he leave Miami, beautiful Miami, with the, you know, nightlife and the beach and all that and go to Cleveland? Well, uh, it's his home. He grew up there. He, he lives in Akron, so it's not like he's just any guy, any twenty guy in his twenties who wants to party somewhere. Yeah, maybe a lot of those guys wouldn't go back to Cleveland, but it, you go home. And Cleveland might be the only city that's less depressing than Akron, so uh, <laughs> you got that going for it. 
Yeah, again, if if that was the case, I, I think him and Wade would have gone to Chicago and done a big four with Rose and, and Boozer at the time if that if he didn't have that kind of hang up. I mean Wade's hometown, LeBron can succeed the greatest player ever, blah blah blah. Interesting interestingly enough, I was looking at, at, at some cap numbers and stuff, you know, the rosters and things, doing some research. Cleveland has the money, obviously, to bring in him or Carmelo. And if they draft, you know, Julius Randle or Jabari Parker, number one overall, maybe wait a little bit for Kevin Love. They've got a pretty good team as it is right now because they've got, you know, nobody under contract that's that's too expensive outside of Verajao, who they could easily dump because he's a team option guy. The Lakers could be interesting for LeBron or Carmelo. Kobe's in the last year of his deal making $23.5 million. The rest of their payroll, which is ridiculous, which is ridiculous. The, the rest of their payroll, that's like legit, like ironclad. We have to pay these guys. Is Steve Nash at ten million per? Swaggy P, Nick Young on a team option, and Robert Saker, the center. That's it. They they have no team there. LeBron could go to Los Angeles, play one year with Kobe and Nash. That would be a pretty interesting victory. They'd have no front court, but it'd be an interesting victory. And then succeed Kobe if if and when Kobe. You got to figure he's going to hang it up after next year. Two things I'll say, and uh, that could be interesting. It could be Carmelo. I think is more likely to do that because Carmelo is all about the spotlight. Oh right, absolutely. So, and, and and his wife Lala likes LA. This I mean, is a situation way, for either of them. Let me, way, let me say this, that this this is a little segue here. I hate that I'm saying these things because I'm just digging right into it. That I'm talking about Carmelo Anthony's wife that likes the city of Los Angeles. I hate myself. Her name is Lala. Yes, I, where, I where hate else myself for even saying her name on this sports podcast. But uh, I see him going to LA more than I do LeBron. I don't know if I see LeBron and Kobe. Kobe's kind of end of the year, end of his career, kind of grumpy. I don't know if he would want LeBron there. I mean, obviously it's not his choice at the end of the day, but right. I I think it's an interesting destination potentially for Carmelo. It's, and you're right. They have nobody under contract. These scenarios totally are for either one team. of them, by the way. It's yeah. not just LeBron. It's yeah. for either him or Carmelo. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. I, if If they both end up going back to where they were, if Carmelo goes to the Knicks and LeBron goes back to the Heat, It'll be a disappointment, but the NBA is getting exactly what they want. They're they're what everybody's talking about when baseball is still in season. Nobody's talking about the NFL. That's in the offseason. Nobody's talking about the NHL. They're talking about the NBA, even though all three of those sports are in the offseason. I've said it in four straight podcasts. Yeah, this is the most exciting time of the year. I I have one other interesting interesting idea based on numbers. San Antonio. (laughs) No he- shot. Hear me out. No, I know. There's no shot. But hear me out how this could get interesting. They they have a current, like, contract, you know, outlay of $53 million. The cap's going to be a lot over that. Duncan, Parker, and Ginobili are all off the books next year. They're all in the last year of their deal. The only guy they really have under long-term contract is Tiago Splitter, who would probably ideally replace Duncan in that spot. Anyway. And Kawhi Leonard is still on his, you know, rookie deal. Could be interesting if someone, one of them, decides to pull a sort of reverse Carl Malone, go play with that group for one year, take a little bit of a pay cut in year one to fit under the cap to play with that team, and then become the star of that team. Because, again, you've got to figure Duncan's probably going to hang it up after after next year. He's in his late 30s now. He's won five titles. Wouldn't be surprised if he retired this summer, to be honest. Ginobili, you know, he's much like Dwayne Wade in that he's getting old fast. 
Tony Parker's still a pretty elite point guard, but he could resign, you know, under a decent cap number and keep that team together. And you'd have two guys in Leonard and either Melo or LeBron who play, you know, Leonard plays a similar game in position to them. But how do you, the way he's emerged, how do you stop both of them? Could be interesting. Could be a thought. What that scenario brings up in my mind is the fact that if it's one of those scenarios where Stranger things have happened. Do you really do you really care about winning? Because if so, and, and you hear this all the time, if so, go to San Antonio. Oh, go absolutely. to Oklahoma City. Go to the smaller markets that have drafted their talent. Oklahoma City would have no shot because their cap hit right. is way too high as it is. But but I think the point is you can say you care about winning all you want and and, and look at South Beach and say, let's all meet up here mm-hmm. at this beautiful city, uh, big market. Right. And let's win there. If you really care about winning and San Antonio can sign you, take a pay cut and go sign there. Yeah. Um, because they don't – San Antonio hasn't paid necessar- necessarily. They haven't uh, done what Miami did to get their talent now. That's what was so great about them. But then again, nobody's buying anybody's jerseys on the San Antonio Spurs. They're not no. a sexy team. Everyone already owns a Tim Duncan jersey that wants one. So. Exactly. That's yeah. so true. Yeah. That's a very good point. But can you uh, imagine a starting five of Parker – Leonard, LeBron or Carmelo, Duncan, and Tiago Splitter next year with Ginobili coming off the bench. That'd be terrific. It'd be like a college game. They don't need 7 through 12. It'd be terrific. I just hope that somehow this all ends up with... with Sorry, Patty Mills. ...with more parity in this sport because I think that... I mean, I don't know. We, we, we've already said what we have to say about the NBA as a whole. I just hope it's interesting. That's all I want. I don't want it to be the status quo because as of right now... We know what's going to happen every year. Now, uh, obviously, like things have happened, like Dwight Howard signed with the Rockets, mm-hmm. which propelled them to a place that they haven't been in a little right. while. Things like that happen. I'm hoping that LeBron chooses a team like yeah. the Cavs that brings them back and into, again, the, into the spotlight. It's very possible. I mean, we talk about the big-name guys, but the Rockets, you said Dwight Howard signs there. They acquire Harden from Oklahoma City in a trade. They signed Jeremy Lin, who obviously didn't work out as well as they hoped he would, but coming off that season, he had it looked like he going Boom, there's a big three that propels them higher. You look at Portland. They draft LaMarcus Aldridge. A few years later, they draft Damian Lillard. Boom, they're a good team. They've got a couple of good players. They add the right piece. They may go over to the next level. It's... It is a superstar-driven game in that regard, in that if you look at Miami's roster even beyond that big three, it was Mario Chalmers and coming out of nowhere, Cleveland State, Norris Cole, and you know old Ray Allen and old Richard Lewis and the reanimated zombie corpse of Greg Oden on the bench. It was, it was just guys just there filling roles. It wasn't like a well-built, deep team. It was three big stars, a handful of role players, and two or three old guys looking for a ring. Portland's a little bit like San Antonio, too, a place that LeBron could go. Mm-hmm. If winning is really important to you, LeBron, go to Portland. Become mm-hmm. a Portland hipster. Start eating uh, vegan and artisanal cheeses. You could have a podcast with and, Fred Armisen. Exactly. Go to Portland and win your butt off with Damon Lillard and uh Just stay away Marcus from Aldridge. the voodoo donuts. I don't know what those are. You don't know what a voodoo donut is? Google it and look it up because it's ridiculous. It's a donut shop up in the Pacific Northwest, and it's um, – Is it really good or is it weird? Yeah, they make like ridiculously weird donuts like uh, maple bacon. Oh, uh, you know kinda, what? Yeah. You know what? Go – I know it's lunchtime, so it's – Yeah. No, by the way, that I, I, I know I haven't said anything since I started that little reaction. I, I, I hate places like that. Do you? Hate it. Really? Why do people feel the need to put these weird flavors on things that are good anyway? Why put bacon 
inside a donut. That's disgusting. I like bacon. I like donuts. Keep them. Yeah. I say the same Separate. thing. I say the same thing about pizza toppings a lot. A good friend of mine, his favorite pizza topping oh. is salami and olive. Okay, well, and I'm like, what? I don't. Okay, okay, that I kind of understand because it's salami is just a regular deli meat, and people like deli meats on their pizza. And I, olives are a vegetable. You put them on your. I like Hawaiian pizza, and my can't my stand wife Hawaiian thinks, pizza. My wife That's thinks exactly I'm crazy too. What I would use in this argument: pineapple, love it. Pizza, love it. Keep them the. F away from each other. Perhaps you're more comfortable with lamb and tuna fish? Spaghetti uh, and meatball? I just – I don't know. I don't. How do we get here? A Portland. Yeah. Portland, talking about donuts. Actually, they make a beer. Rogue Brewery makes a beer that's flavored after like the voodoo don- – so that might be even worse because now you're adding beer into the mix with bacon and donuts and Homer Simpson would pr- I mean, probably I'm, having I'm a heart attack somewhere. Generally, I'm a simpleton. Like I, I, when I go to games, I eat hot dogs and I drink beer or I drink a Coke. I don't mm. branch. I don't do. I don't try new things. Uh, so I'm a lot of people. I, I, a lot of people don't like that lifestyle. But you know what? I, for the most part, am the same way. In that I, I mean, you know my fascination with Wawa. I'm going to bring it up real quick. But I think I've ordered the same sandwich every time I've gone to Wawa right. in the last three and years. People probably around you are like. Lou. The same way. Why don't you try this? It's also good. And you're like, why would I risk that? I already love what I get. There's no reason to change. Right. I love cheese pizza. Why get the meat lover's pizza when it risks changing the uh, pizza sauce to cheese ratio that I like on my pizza? Now, in a situation where you're with three or four people and they're all like, oh, let's get pepperoni. I, okay, I don't know sure. about you, but I'm not going to be the guy that's like, well, you know, and uh, I don't really want to go. I'll, all right, I'll eat sure. it. But if I have my choice, I mean, I go to the pizza place near my house probably once a week, if not more. It's right up the street. They have a chicken parm pizza that's really good. They have this chicken bacon ranch pizza that's really good. And it's either one of those two or plain. That's it. I don't mess with anything else. I don't try their sun-dried tomato and broccoli chicken cutlet special. I don't try the grandma pizza. I don't try any of the other gut bombs they have on the on the shelf. It's one of those three. One of those two chicken pizzas are plain, and that's it. I'm good. Yeah. I don't need to try anything else. I like all three of those. They have at least two of the three every time Lou I Lou is getting there. very animated right now, by the way. I am. About as animated as I've ever seen him. I am. And again, I, I order the same sandwich every time I go to Wawa. I've eaten the same, you know, I, I've drank the same kind of Arizona iced tea for 15 years. I've, and goes on and on and on. I don't really change for the sake of change, but some things I do like outside of the norm, like Hawaiian pizza. Yeah. I think there's a difference between being on your own and being with a group. <clears throat> well, yes. You don't want to be the annoying person in a group that, that requires that everyone's splitting the bill and you're like, no, like I'll do my own thing. No one likes that guy. But when you're on your own, you're allowed to, to be ingrained in your, mm-hmm. in your ways. Absolutely. I, I agree. think that's totally normal. There's one other thing. There's one thing, though, that, it, that I am a little off the beaten path in terms of what I like that, again, my wife gets on me for like ah, – ah. Ice cream. If you're going somewhere and you're going to bring me ice cream, most of the people that know me know that I love strawberry ice cream and I love butter pecan ice cream. Whereas the entire world is like chocolate, vanilla, happy. I'm often these two out of, you know, out of bounds flavors. My wife thinks I'm nuts. She's like, oh, you like strawberry. Now, again, if she brings home chocolate or vanilla ice cream for something, I'm not going to be like, oh, I like strawberry. But left to my own devices, I'm not going with the rest of the world. And the I don't think that's that. Weird. You just like what you like. I mean, 
butter pecan is weird as hell, but you're allowed to like it. Right, but again, it's a situation where chocolate and vanilla are the two big flavors. That's all you can get in soft serve in most places. It's what most people will get, you know, ice cream-wise. If you go somewhere, a restaurant, and they have ice cream, it's usually chocolate and vanilla and maybe strawberry. She thinks I'm weird because I don't even ever go for chocolate or vanilla. I'd rather just, no, I'll have no ice cream then. Thank you. She thinks I'm weird. I'm not a big dessert guy in general. This I know. And uh, it's, well, first of all, it's mostly an impatience thing. Like when I'm at a restaurant, if you want to see me jumpy, once the check has arrived and it's been signed and the meal has been paid for, I want to get out of there. Hmm. I've never even I could be sitting with a nice bottle of wine surrounded by the people I love on this earth and I will still want to leave that restaurant. The meal is over at that point. Right. So consider the fact that when we're done with our entrees, I want to leave. I want to get into sweatpants and sit on a couch. That's always how I feel after I eat a restaurant meal. I don't feel like piling ice cream and cake into my mouth after eating a T-bone with mashed potatoes and asparagus. It's just not – like dessert should come an hour and a half after the meal. It should come when you get home and you're relaxing. See, that's – my my family, my in-laws specifically, might want to own stock in Carvel for the amount of ice cream cakes I've seen them eat in the few years I've been around them. And that's their philosophy is like let's go home. Let's get ice cream cake. Let's go sit on the couch and eat ice cream cake. I agree for the most part unless there was something – you know, unless you go to a restaurant that's known for some kind of dessert or whatever, or, you know, the Italian place we like to go to has the most amazing cannolis I've ever had. So after the meal, it's nice to have a cannoli. But yeah, when you go to Denny's, I'm not going to sit there and be like, well, I'd really love a piece of pie after that Grand Slam. You know what I mean? It, it's, I don't go that way either. If you're at Denny's. <laughs> you know, it was the example I used. But, you but know. No, nothing against Denny's. But if you're at Denny's, you definitely don't need dessert. Right. But, you know, if you go to the diner and you get a nice, you know, turkey plate or, you know, a chop steak or some, some, some kind of nice diner dinner, you really don't need to add the apple pie or the, the, the jello or the vanilla pudding on afterwards. It's sort of just overkill. I think getting anything other than breakfast food at a diner for any meal is an atrocity. You sh- you probably should have married my wife then because she's the same way. 7.30 on a Tuesday night, it's it's eggs. Over-easy eggs and bacon at the diner. Doesn't matter. 7.30 on a Tuesday it's night, 11 a.m. on a Sunday, doesn't matter when. Like, it, it it's one of the pleasures of life. Is, is being going into breakfast a breakfast at any time? Being, going into a diner, I happen to think New York City diners are the best thing about the city. You get in, they give you a menu that has everything on it. And you can order a short stack of pancakes with two eggs, any any way, bacon or sausage, your choice, and toast. And you can sit there and have a coffee or OJ or Coke or Dr. Pepper, whatever you want. A milkshake. Whatever you want. The world is yours at a diner. And but you can what, eat whatever you want. Do you go for the all meat, like the super, like the hungry man breakfast, like bacon, sausage, and ham with your pancakes no, and no, eggs? No, 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 no. Never no. go that way? One – I'll do scrambled eggs, two pancakes, side of bacon, happy. Hash browns, potatoes, home fries, some sort. I'll, yes, I'll no? nibble on them, but they're they're not going to thrill me. Not not it's not the not the main attraction. No. Yeah, you know what? See, I I will order breakfast at a diner until a certain time of the day, afternoon. Two o'clock in the afternoon. If I woke up at like eleven, yes, not doing it at like well, eight thirty. Right. 
but not doing it at like eight thirty at night for dinner. I just, I just can't. I, I can't do it. I'm sorry. I just eat a meal. Breakfast for dinner is as American as anything. And by you saying that you don't like it, I'm not I saying I don't think like I should it. Report you. I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm just saying I won't do it. I mean, if you put a plate of waffles in front of me at seven o'clock at night and call it dinner, I'm going to eat it. But left to my own devices, I'm going to eat dinner foods at dinner time. And I'll save the breakfast foods for breakfast time because, you know, I eat you – see, you see my breakfast consists mostly of fruit and like, you know, power bars or fiber one bars or whatever. So when I have the chance on the weekend to go out for breakfast, I enjoy it and I don't overkill it by doing it at any time of the day, any day of the week. Yeah. I don't go out to breakfast ever because I, I sleep late <clears throat> when left to my own devices. Right. Um, that will change someday, my friend. Yeah. Uh, well, we've really, uh, we've sort of gone way off topic, which I think makes for better podcasts. Cause we can talk about sports all day long, but when we talk about breakfast foods for dinner and weird donuts, I think that's when our real personality comes out. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's do this. Let's bring it back full circle. We have the NBA draft on, on Thursday. That's why I was going to bring it back. Yeah. The top five has been a subject of who goes number one and how do they fall in line after that? Let me get your opinion on that. Who goes number one to Cleveland? Jabari. Why? Well, that's, by the way, that's if they don't trade the pick uh, for Kevin Love and then sign LeBron. Right. Um, Jabari is, uh, there are two really NBA-ready players in the top five, I think. Julius Randle and Jabari Parker. Andrew Wiggins may be the most talented guy, but he's, he's a fresh talent. And you're not really sure what you're getting. Are you getting a small forward or a shooting guard? Mm Mm-hmm. Little questions like that arise with Wiggins. Parker and Randall both could could have played in the NBA last year. Uh, did I say, yeah, Randall and Jabari Parker. That's what mm-hmm. I meant if I said Wiggins. Um, Randall just doesn't have a very high ceiling. He, he is Zach Randolph. You know exactly what you're going to get. Maybe 18 points, 9 rebounds. Yep. He's not going to go any further than that. He's not going to be Carl Malone. He's not going to be... Anywhere near like the Kevin Garnett type stature. He's he's a slightly undersized power forward who does what he does, and that's what you're getting. Jabari Parker, on the other hand, has a very high ceiling. Uh, To me, he is a dynamic scorer with size, can play the four if need be. I think naturally he's a three. He's athletic. He's not incredibly fast, but he's definitely athletic. He's big. He's tough. I mean, he was, for the most part, the five for Duke a lot Mm -hmm. in his freshman year. And... To me, if you sign him, even if, if even if Cleveland, this little fairy tale of signing LeBron doesn't work out, if you sign Jabari, you're you're getting a young kind of scorer in the making. Right. And you already have Kyrie. I still think if you don't get LeBron, try and go out and get Kevin Love, but I guess there's no way they can get him without trading their first pick. But and Cleveland does have Dion Waiters too. I mean, I know he's been a little inconsistent and hurt for a little bit, but you have Verjao to play a defensive mm-hmm. five. Yep. If you include Jabari Parker, Deion Waiters, Kyrie Irving. Maybe you get something out of what's his name, their first-round pick last year. Anthony Bennett. Anthony Bennett. And Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson. I mean, they have a decent roster. Let's face it. So that's who I go for because I think he's the most NBA-ready and also has the highest ceiling. I I had two written down. I I agree with you 100% uh, in terms of, you know, do they go out and sign someone or, you know, try to trade the pick, whatever. If they have any designs whatsoever on attempting to get Mello or LeBron, 
I think they pick Randall, number one. He won't get picked number one, though. He if just they, won't. If they don't. Julius Randall? Mm-hmm. Yes. Why? The way the, the way the Cleveland roster is constructed, you have the all-world point guard in Kyrie Irving. You have a good secondary guard in Waiters, and you have Jarrett Jack, who they're attempting to try to move, you know, the rumors, Jack for Marcus Thornton again to get, uh, you know, cap space because um, Jack's under a longer-term contract. Jack's a great player. <clears throat> he is. He didn't really have a great season in Cleveland last year, but that happens. They have Verajao if they want to pick up his option for one more year to kind of play in the middle if he's healthy, to let Bennett and Thompson and those guys develop a little more. If they go out and sign that small forward, the one thing they're really lacking is that secondary tertiary shooter, some somebody who can play good defense in the middle, who's, you know, not necessarily a banger, but can take a little pressure off the guys who are developing even though he's young himself, I think Randall kind of fits that 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 the best. I totally if, if disagree. If they don't, it's Jabari Parker. I agree I think, with you on that. I think drafting Julius Randall would be incredibly stupid because you're directly impeding any type of potential that you see in Anthony Bennett. Because what you're doing is you're basically saying, you didn't work out in the little time you've spent on our team in your rookie season. We're going to bring in... Anthony Bennett 2.0 and Julius Randle to totally replace you and impede your progress. See, I don't necessarily think so for two reasons. Number one, yes, Anthony Bennett stunk last year. Let's be fair. He stunk. He was, he's, we have a Niner coming up on Thursday of the NBA's worst one and duns in that era, and he's on the list, even though after one year, he's on the list. I'm going to give you that spoiler. I think Randle can shoot a little bit better. Oh, there's no doubt that and he's that better. You can, I mean, if you don't get a LeBron or something like that, you can put him in there and Bennett at the same time, kind of in a hybrid three-four combo. I don't I think, think either of them can play the three. I, I think Bennett can do it if Bennett's a big boy. He is a big boy, but the East is LeBron, the threes are LeBron and Carmelo, and then there's a bunch of random mishmash in there because a lot of the better shooters are playing the two. <laughs> I mean, Paul Pierce played the four last year for a lot of times, so I don't know. I think they can handle it. I think Bennett could even maybe play an undersized five. If I think you're anything. stockpiling similar talent in uh, Tristan Thompson, uh, Julius Randle, and Anthony Bennett. I think you're you're taking three young, talented players, and I, I agree. I think that uh, you got to get competition is a good thing. You put two spots. You got to get 96 minutes a night out of it. I agree that I think competition is a good thing, but I think the the glaring hole is the hole of, of Luol Deng that he just made vacant. Yep. It's, it's the the necessary swingman that you need to have, and why not get one that can really score? Oh, that's why I agree. If they have no designs on LeBron or Carmelo or no chance at it, it's Jabari Parker all the way. And I think if if you're looking at it, I think what they're going to try and do is is get Kevin Love and trade for LeBron or, or sign LeBron or Carmelo. And number two, if that doesn't happen – Jabari Parker. Right. They might even still have the assets to get Kevin Love later in the year if Minnesota's tanking. You know what I mean? It, it's it's possible. I they don't know. Do, they do have waiters. They might still have Jack. You know, they can send out Vera Jow as a, here, we'll get, give you some cap relief. You know, so here's a guy that expires to go with it. I think oh, it they might works. have the assets. It works. I mean, I, I legitimately think that if LeBron uh, somehow <laughs> has can can get the message to Cleveland – that he wants, like leak it somehow. Mm-hmm. I might want to come back home, start making the moves, impress me, hate everything, hate myself for saying all this stuff. He's officially a free agent. They can't sign him, but they can but they can do whatever they want. Leak it July 1st. to Cleveland, 
GM says, all right, fire sale. Let's get mm-hmm. Kevin Love here. You have Kyrie Irving, scorer, uh, just all-world point guard. LeBron has never played with a guy like that. No. he's n- We've never seen that. Yep. Can you imagine? I mean, that, that's a bigger th- – Bigger big three than 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 the Bosch, first the Wade, first LeBron year of a healthy were. Dwayne Wade is even the remotely closest he's come. Let right. alone and they both with that. they're very similar in that they handle the ball a lot. But mm-hmm. Wade broke down going into the second year. I mean his knees were never the same. So so I called him the oldest thirty. What is he thirty two? Yeah, he's the oldest thirty two in the league. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman, the third baseman for the Nats, the who, oldest thirty two year old. He's twenty nine. He can't throw anymore. I know. His shoulder is shot. And they're going to have a real problem on their hands when Bryce Harper comes back because they're going to have nowhere to put him. Yeah. Well. And he's under contract for, what, five more years? But we digress. Yeah. Anyway. The inter- the really interesting thing in the draft, besides who goes number one, is going to be what happens later. Because Philadelphia has Noel that they dra- you know they got last year who hasn't played. They got MCW, the rookie of the year, who can kind of play a hybrid one-two there. They got a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of a lot of guys in the top three that fit their thing, and yet people still think in mock drafts they're going to draft Joel Embiid, which would kind of be adding adding Greg Oden to Greg Oden. I think at this point, I think Joel Embiid it could go either of two ways. He could be Greg Oden, and everyone would look at themselves like, "Why did we do that?" Yeah. Or he just has a fractured like, foot, got surgery, foot, yeah. and he'll be he'll be back. You know? I, yeah. Well, right after Philly is Orlando, who has like you know two players, and so. Uh, <laughs> They could pretty much draft anybody at this point and it won't make a difference. So they might bite the bullet on him. Or they might look at a guy like the the international guy, Dante Exum, who's like, well, you know, Jameer Nelson's going to be gone after this year, so what the hell. And a lot of people are saying, you know, Marcus <clears throat> Smart has a lot of potential. Yep. Dougie know. McBuckets. It's a great draft. It, yeah. It's a great draft. And, uh, you know, it could put teams on the map. Now, as much as, you know, Milwaukee is that team where players go to die. Yeah. You kind of wonder, whoever goes there, is he going to actually make a difference? Kind of like uh, what Anthony Davis did in New Orleans. I feel like regardless of, of who gets drafted number one, it's going to be it's going to be Randall or Parker going to Milwaukee because, like you said, they're the most NBA-ready player in the draft. I think Wiggins will get drafted before Randall. I think Randall will get drafted fourth or fifth. Because they, there's one match I'm trying to remember which one it was. I forget which match ever was that had him. I think going sixth or seventh to Boston. Randall, even yeah, like yeah, that far down. That's why he's not sexy. That's no. why he's dropping. No. And and we we both are are high on him clearly from what we've been saying. But people look at him and they know what they're going to get. It's not going to change your franchise. He's not a franchise player. He still needs someone ahead of him. But if you look at best available. You know, you're yeah. going to get Wiggins at the top because right. he's – people are saying, you know, he could be Michael Jordan for all we know. We just – he's very fresh. So what's going to happen is, let's say leave LeBron and Carmelo out of this. Jabari, I think, gets drafted first. Then you get to the second pick yeah. and Milwaukee says, Andrew Wiggins is still available to us. Why not? Have mercy. Right. Yeah, this, this is going to be one of those drafts where you could probably peg eight or nine of the top ten names that go. There's always one surprise. You could probably peg eight or nine of the top ten, but – if you can get even half of them in the right order, you should probably go play Powerball on Friday because it's just one of those kind of yeah one of those kind of drafts with the teams that are at the top. And Philly has two top ten picks, which is pretty dangerous. And the only guy that could slip, obviously, is Embiid. I, I don't think anyone else is like a Johnny Manziel where it's like right. you know he brings a lot. Maybe Marcus Smart just because he's had some you know character issues. Some you know? yeah. <laughs> Other than that, 
I think the talent is is glaring at you. And you know what? Like I said, Philly has two picks in the top ten. If Embiid is still there at ten, they'll be. They want to take a shot. You know who? <laughs> it's amazing how quickly it changes. The the rhetoric changes. Like if you were to draft Embiid second, you'd be like, wow, that's a risk. This could end up being a bust. But if 10, you draft him ten, yeah. what a steal! Like yeah. l- like a uh, low risk, high reward move. Yeah. Well, it's, it's either, yeah, it's either like you said, high risk, you know, high risk, high reward, or he blows and well, he was number ten, so whatever. I mean, you know, it's you could probably look back throughout the years and look at a lot of guys who went in the seven to ten range who stink. Right. Uh, Steph Curry will point and laugh <laughs> at Jordan Hill getting drafted right below him by the Knicks because the the Warriors stole him and so on and so forth. There's many guys in that position. Uh, I think that's going to do it. I, I think we have to stop. It definitely it. should do it. I we are the number one and two draft picks of this podcast, and we don't want to burn ourselves out. I think this for should the future. Do it. We're already running long. Uh, we'll be back next week with a little July Fourth love. Uh, I didn't even get to mention Mark Emmert Appreciation Night, which I wanted to, but I will save that for next week since it's happening. It'll still be good. It's happening on July second, so it will Perfect. be just happening and or just past when we get to next week's podcast. So we'll save that. It's it's pretty. Pretty funny. After all this talk we have about the NCAA, it's pretty funny. It's a great, it sarcastic, and and real story. Like right. it's 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 not hiding anything. Right. So we'll save that for next week. Along with uh, we'll talk about some All Star stuff and the and the Yankees a little bit more. We didn't even mention them once in this podcast. Uh, they've lost three in a row as we tape this. So They're not doing anything it. to yeah. encourage us to talk about yeah. them, Lou. So uh, that's it. Tanaka lost. I mean, that's something. But that's going to do it for this week's edition. Until next time, I'm Lou. He's Doug. Enjoy the NBA draft, and we'll see you next week.